Hello and welcome to the Behavioural Harmonics podcast, the podcast for the leaders of the future who desire more positive and productive workplaces. My name is Todd Pavlo, founder and coach at Factor, the creators of Behavioural Harmonics. This podcast has been produced to allow for ease of learning for our leadership and management students. However, the content is just as useful for any individual seeking to grow as a current or aspiring leader. In this episode, episode number six, we explore the topic of participating in and facilitating the work team, which is part number three of the subject lead team effectiveness. In this topic, we will cover how we can actively encourage team members to participate in and take responsibility for their activities and communication processes, how we can give the team support to identify and resolve problems, and how we can also ensure our own contribution to the work team serves as a role model. If you are one of our students, please be aware of this sound. Testing, testing, check, check, check. This will indicate a piece of content that will appear in your assessment. So without further ado, let's make a move. I wanted to see how children coped with the challenge and difficulty. So I gave 10 year olds problems that were slightly too hard for them. Some of them reacted in a shockingly positive way. They said things like, I love a challenge. Or, you know, I was hoping this would be informative. They understood that their abilities could be developed. They had what I call a growth mindset. But other students felt it was tragic, catastrophic. From their more fixed mindset perspective, their intelligence had been up for judgment and they failed. Encouraging team members to participate in and take responsibility for activities and processes is critical to team development. A manager requires members of his or her team to take responsibility or accept delegated duties for the team to function optimally. A team and its members cannot develop without a spread of responsibilities. People have two basic mindsets about development. There are those with a fixed mindset who view qualities such as intelligence and talent as predetermined. In contrast, there are those with a growth mindset who believe that these qualities can be enhanced with dedication and effort. Those with a growth mindset are more persistent in seeking solutions to problems, are more resilient and more receptive to receiving feedback. By encouraging team members to adopt a growth mindset, they are more likely to take responsibility for team activities and communication processes. To foster a growth mindset amongst your team members, emphasize the value of determination and persistence over only strengths and achievements, and respond to failures with an attitude of curiosity and a commitment to understanding the root cause of the issue. Question before you tell. Resisting the urge to solve your team members' problems when an issue is raised encourages them to take responsibility. When a team member asks for your support, begin with asking questions, not giving answers. Ask open rather than closed questions, 
Stay away from the yes or no. Ask unsophisticated and seemingly naive questions. For example, what will success look like? Ask plenty of why questions. They assist team members to rationalize. Examples of stretch assignments a manager can delegate or assign include the chair of the daily huddle to facilitate the meeting and maintain the minutes, ownership of performance reporting, a buddy program with a new employee, or a step up into a team leader role during a period of leave for the incumbent. Testing, testing, check, check, check. Work allocation. The responsibility of a frontline leader is to monitor the quantity of work that has been allocated to each individual. Employees who have work allocations which require them to work excessive or unreasonable hours often will fall ill, take lengthy unplanned leave and have an increased level of intention to quit. Work allocation involves assessing the entire workload of your team and taking adequate steps to ensure that tasks are allocated fairly based on employee experience, knowledge, skills, and availability. Reflection and action. Consider the mindset that is being fostered in your team. Is it fixed or growth? What about the quality of the questions that you're asking? And are you monitoring the work allocation within your team? Take a moment to consider. That's good stuff. Summary points. People have two basic mindsets about development, fixed and growth mindsets. To foster a growth mindset amongst your team members, emphasize the value of determination and persistence over only the strengths and achievements. And respond to failures with an attitude of curiosity and a commitment to understanding the root cause of the issue. What makes a great leader today? Many of us carry this image of this all-knowing superhero who stands and commands and protects his followers. But that's kind of an image from another time. Leadership in the 21st century is defined and evidenced by three questions. Where are you looking to anticipate the next change to your business model or your life. Great leaders are not head down, they see around corners, shaping their future, not just reacting to it. The second question is, what is the diversity measure of your personal and professional stakeholder network? Great leaders understand that having a more diverse network is a source of pattern identification at greater levels and also of solutions because you have people that are thinking differently than you are. The third question, are you courageous enough to abandon a practice that has made you successful in the past? Great leaders dare to be different. 
They don't just talk about risk-taking, they actually do it. Leadership, leadership style. Consider the appropriate leadership style for the situation. Leadership comes in many forms and styles. Everyone applies their own lens to the situation they are experiencing. An individual may also apply a different style in specific situations or with specific individuals. Three of the more familiar styles are Testing, testing, check, check, check. Democratic, Democratic leadership. Decisions are made in consultation with impacted employees. Although the leader has the final say, each employee has an equal say and has input into the decision-making process. A democratic leader may even have decisions based on a vote on some occasions. A democratic leader sees value in a higher level of consultation. Autocratic, autocratic leadership. leadership. Decisions are made with no consultation. The autocratic leader will consider the alternatives, make their choice, and then advise impacted employees of the decision. An autocratic leader can often offend employees and ostracize themselves from their team due to their lack of engagement and inclusion. In some scenarios, an autocratic approach is justified. Examples include time-sensitive and life-or-death situations. Laissez-faire leadership. Employees are left to make decisions on their own behalf with no interruption from their leader. Translated from its French origins, laissez-faire means let them do. This form of leadership is often used in high-trust environments or where the leader lacks the capacity to lead effectively due to a power imbalance, relationship issues, or experience deficit when compared to their team members. Reflection, reflection and action. Now in my experience, some managers will take a laissez-faire approach, not because they think it's the actually appropriate leadership style to apply, but it's because they lack confidence, they lack motivation, they lack the perseverance to actually build the relationships with their employees. So take a moment to consider your leadership style that you're applying and is it actually the most appropriate? Are you actually serving your people well by implementing the leadership style that you do? Researchers have identified three performance processes of group interactions that have specific impact on shaping team effectiveness. They are, number one, the amount of effort team members apply to their collective work. Number two, the appropriateness of the strategy employed in carrying out the work. And number three, the level of skills and knowledge they apply to the work. When there is real or perceived lack of effort, poor strategy, or a knowledge gap, problems can occur within the team, which will require your support. <laughs> Gains and losses can be obtained in each of these three performance processes. Examples include, effort. An example of a loss 
is social loading by team members. And again, is development of high shared commitments to the team and the work. Strategy. An example of a loss is the mindless reliance on habitual routines. People just going about doing what they have always done. Again, would be an invention of innovation that's task appropriate, an improvement in the way that work is done. Skills and knowledge. A loss would be an inappropriate weighting of members' contributions, whereas a gain would be sharing knowledge and development of member skills. Coaching that succeeds in reducing losses or fostering gains for one or more of the three performance processes nearly always contributes to overall team effectiveness. Coaching which focuses on effort is motivational in character. When coaching to improve strategy, you are consultative in nature. Coaching to address knowledge and skill problems is educational in nature. Researchers have found that coaching in this order, motivational to consultative to educational, as the life cycle of a piece of work unfolds, is most effective. Once a problem has been correctly identified, you can turn the process into a positive learning experience. So if we want to role play that model in practice and focusing on the gains rather than the losses, the idea is that as a leader, you would be working through from effort to strategy to knowledge and skills. So you're looking to initially develop a high shared commitment to the team and the work, get that coup d'esprit from the team. Secondly, then you want them to start thinking about the strategy. How are we doing the work? What are we are we doing the work in an innovative uh, and inventive type of way? What other ways can we can we come up with to be able to improve our strategy? And lastly, our knowledge and skills. How can we share it across the team to develop the whole team? Every team member improves as the knowledge is shared. There's no clicks. There's no silos. The information is shared freely for the betterment of the team because we've got our effort in place. We all know what we're here for. We understand the strategy. We continue to improve that and we're sharing the skills. Effective leaders that are comfortable with problem solving always know how to gather the right people, resources, budget and knowledge from past experiences. They inspire people to lift their game by making the problem-solving process highly collaborative. For them, it's an opportunity to bring people closer together. Reflection, Reflection and, action. And, action. and action. So how are you going about giving your team support to identify and resolve problems which are impeding their performance? Are you adopting the appropriate leadership style? Are you considering those three elements of effort, strategy, and skills and knowledge? What are you doing well, and what could you improve upon? Take a moment to consider.
That's good stuff. Summary points. There's three performance processes. One, effort. Two, performance strategy. And three, knowledge and skills that exist at work. Gains and losses can be obtained in each of these three performance processes. And coaching that succeeds in reducing losses or fostering gains for one or more of the three performance processes nearly always contributes to overall team effectiveness. Leadership is not a rank. Leadership is not a position. Leadership is a decision. Leadership is a choice. It has nothing to do with your position in the organization. If you decide to look after the person to the left of you and look after the person to the right of you, you have become a leader. Take accountability for your actions. You can take all the credit in the world for the things that you do right, as long as you also take responsibility for the things you do wrong. It must be a balanced equation. You don't get it one way and not the other. You get to take credit when you also take accountability. You want to be an elite warrior. It's not about how tough you are. It's not about how smart you are. It's not about how fast you are. If you want to be an elite warrior, you better get really, really good at helping the person to the left of you and helping the person to the right of you. Because that's how people advance in the world. The world is too dangerous and the world is too difficult for you to think that you can do these things alone. If you find your spark, I commend you. Now, who are you going to ask for help and when are you going to accept help when it's offered? Learn that skill. Learn by practicing helping each other. It'll be the single most valuable thing you ever learn in your entire life. To accept help when it's offered and to ask for it when you know that you can't do it. What is a role model? A role model is a person whose behavior is copied. Role models present to us in all areas of life. While there is no specific recipe of traits that constitute a great role model, the behavior list below serves as a solid reference point. Positivity, especially when under pressure or in a crisis. Clear and consistent communication. Demonstrating respect and empathy for others. Unafraid to be vulnerable emotionally or professionally. Displaying humility and a willingness to admit mistakes. Hardworking with strong work ethics. Accountable for their own and their team's performance with clear morals and values. An individual who demonstrates behavior in contrast to these traits will be considered a poor role model by the majority of people. When a leader models positive behaviors, they build trust with their team members. With trust comes performance, which has a positive impact on customer and employee satisfaction and retention. A leader's role fundamentally comes down to setting the direction and creating and cultivating an environment where people can and want to do their best work. More than ever, people are demanding transparent, accountable, and valuable leadership. Testing. Testing, check, check, check. So how do you set the direction and create the environment? Communicate the vision, plan and values continuously. By regularly communicating with individuals and the team as a whole, the vision, the plan and the values, they are clearly understood by all. The vision is where are we going? The plan, what are we gonna to do to get there? 
and the values are how we behave on the way. Take time to understand what your team members value. Engage on a weekly basis with each of your team members. Learn about their specific values, fears, strengths, wants and needs. Where possible, cater to these when interacting with them. Be accountable for action. When committing to tasks, you document them. Measure their completion and update your team members of progress. Act with integrity. Be honest and display candor. Provide the whole truth and the reasons behind decisions. Move quickly when you become aware of issues. Many leaders manage conflict by ignoring its existence. To create the environment, difficult conversations must be had as promptly as possible. By focusing on these fundamental behaviours, the natural outcome will be recognised amongst your team, colleagues and customers. Reflection, reflection and action. As you take a look in the mirror, what type of role model are you? How are you ensuring your contribution to the team serves as a role model for others, enhances the organization's image within the team and externally to clients and customers? Take a moment to consider. That's good stuff. Summary points. A role model is a person whose behavior is copied. A leader's role fundamentally comes down to setting the direction and creating and cultivating an environment where people can and want to do their best work. When a leader models positive behaviors, they build trust with their team members. Now I consider myself just as much a student as a teacher. And I'd like to close off the podcast by throwing to a member of my extended network to provide a 60-second thought starter about leadership lessons. For this episode, I'd like to pass over to Angela Cilia, General Manager of Human Resources at Penske Australia and New Zealand. One piece of leadership advice that I would give is to trust in yourself and believe in yourself. Be courageous in terms of sharing your view, but also be really curious in terms of understanding other people. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Behavioural Harmonics Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Pavlo. If you'd like to learn more about Factor and Behavioural Harmonics, please visit us at www.factor.com com.au or follow us on our LinkedIn page. Our system is about training individuals to adapt their communications approach to engage different behavioral types. Like music in different keys, communications between different behavioral types can cause discordance. We empower our users to tune their communication to each recipient's wavelength, creating a harmonious interaction. We call this behavioral harmonics.